0: Would you like to accelerate your career and reach your full potential in just minutes a day? Welcome to the Lead X Show with New York Times best-selling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur Kevin Cruz. Happy Friday, everyone! Kevin Cruz here. Welcome to the Lead X Show. I'm coming to you today from my hometown of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, home of the Philadelphia Eagles. There's a rumor that there's a big game on Sunday. I know who you're going to be rooting for. Thank you very much. And today's the weekly wrap up show for the LeadX Show. This is the first Friday show since moving to our new format. We're kind of calling it season two of the LeadX Show internally here, kind of changing things up a little bit. And it's the weekly show where I get to talk about whatever I want to talk about and answer reader questions. But first, I want to remind you the number one thing you can do for me is go leave a rating. Just click some stars up on iTunes, search for the LeX show, click some stars and you're out of there. If you want to leave a comment, that would be great too. Takes another, you know, 10 seconds. In fact, my heroes this week were people like Steph Frazo, principal lot Stucker Z. Maybe that's Strucker Z S Graver and Namaste Natalie. My daughter's name is Natalie. I like that, Namaste, Natalie. All of them l- took the time to leave a rating and a review for the Leadex show, which is helping us to build our family. And the review of the week, I'm gonna actually pick, they were all great reviews. I'm gonna pick this one from Principal Lott, who wrote, great advice on O3 meetings. I've been meeting with my direct reports for a while now, but I'm now integrating O3 meeting techniques from you. Our meetings are more productive. Principal Lott, thank you so much for that because I read your review on the air. Shoot us a note, info at leadx.org and we will send you out some LeadX swag. We got some cool t-shirts. Maybe you're gonna get a coffee mug. I don't know, whatever, <laughs> whatever we have most in inventory probably. And everybody, even if I didn't read your review, if you've ever left a review for the LeadX show, let us know, info at leadx.org, and Jackie will send you an invite link to our private ambassador group on Facebook, where we do special programs, send out books, prizes. You get to name, I've got a, a contest going where if anybody can name my next book, which comes out in September. Uh if I use your title, if that gets picked by the publisher, I will fly you to Philadelphia for our launch party. That is all through our ambassador program. So let's see, what have I got going on? Uh, last week I did my first, uh, speech of the year actually. And it was a doozy. It was awesome. Down in Orlando, the group was called Advisors Excel. They had a music theme, a rock and roll theme, and they really know how to do a program. I mean, live music, dancing shows. A mime this is the first event I've been to where they had a mime (laughs) and uh, all in all uh, probably a thousand people just a great crowd a great time and here's you know I'm always mixing things up I'm always learning and of course trying to pass that along to you and here's something from the speech I wanted to pass along you know I've been I don't know speaking for 10 plus years well paid for 10 years and just speaking for business for 30 and More and more over the last few years, what I've noticed is that audience members will, you know, stand up and take notes with their cell phone uh, in the middle of the speech. You know, they're taking pictures of the giant screen behind me or off to the side, which is cool. And I mean, people are still typing in laptops or writing, but a lot of people are just snapping the slides, like the key slides. So this time I reworked my slides and my, uh, my keynote was, You know, how can you double your productivity while reducing stress and that feeling of overwhelm? You know, it's it's seven secrets from highly productive people. And so those seven secrets, when I pop those up on the slides, I now have them reformatted and they look like, you know, memes on on Instagram or Facebook or something. You know, they're square and they're kind of big word graphics. And I figured it's just going to make it easier in that format for people to take a picture with their phone. And if they look kind of good, maybe they'll, you know, uh, share them on their social media feeds, or at least it'll look good as they review them on their phone later. And I think that was a big hit. I saw a lot of people standing up and taking pictures when those slides would pop up. So it's something you might want to do in your own presentation, whether it's you know, maybe you're leading a training event for your company, maybe you've got to present the annual budget, but think about taking some of the key messages or the takeaways and reformatting them graphically into a square that are very easy for people to take notes, you know, with their phones. Another thing going on, I kicked off the year by sending a reader survey out to the, you know, 50,000 plus people I have in my email newsletter. About 1,200 people took the time to respond. So this gives me insights into sort of who my audience is, who my newsletter audience is. Now, you're listening to me on this podcast. If you aren't already subscribed to my newsletter, like it's a whole separate thing from LeadX, you can just go to kevincruise.com, K-E-V-I-N-K-R-U-S-E.com. Sign up there and you'll get a weekly e-blast from me. There's a little bit of overlap with LeadX, but, you know, more personal stuff and more productivity stuff as uh, as well. Anyway, my followers, you know, 80% are interested in productivity content. 70% are interested in leadership content. 33% are interested in, <laughs> I wrote, how to be a super cool author, speaker, entrepreneur, dude, or dudette, just like Kevin. So about one out of three want to know about that. Almost 70% are leading people, managers, which is good, good to know. And lots of flattering comments, you know, back in the open fields about my books, 15 Secret Successful People Know About Time Management, my book Employee Engagement 2.0, and comments about this podcast. So thanks for all of that. I had an interesting tidbit come in from another reader, Jason Reed. I've been deep diving uh, into personality at work, understanding uh, the personality models that are out there. Um, we're working on some training modules in this area. And I had no idea that like the MBTI, which is what, you know, in business, everybody knows and talks about like true psychologists laugh at it. Like it's literally been called an embarrassment. And Adam Grant has this article he wrote several years about, you know, it's just a takedown of, of how not validated and poorly designed the MBTI is. And then uh, this reader, Jason Reed, pointed out to me that the DISC profile, the the DISC uh, approach to personality assessment was created by this guy. The theory was like from 1928. And the guy who invented that went on to invent Wonder Woman. <laughs> and he spent like, You know the the late 30s and into the 40s is remaining years of his life writing Wonder Woman comics. So just a and there's a movie about this guy. I'm forgetting his uh, William Marston. That's who it is. William Marston. You can Google him or Wikipedia him. Just kind of fascinating. Who knew that about DISC and MBTI? The the gold standard for for personality theory is called the the five factor model FFM or the Big Five, and in the workplace, like the commercialized, trademarked version of that is the NEO, N-E-O. And uh, there's, because that is, you know, copyrighted, there's almost, you know, equally validated model that's the IPIP, I-P-I-P, which you can Google. And there's, you know, that's open, like anybody can use it sort of open source. And there is massive amounts of research and validity, and predictive studies, and you know anybody who's like a professional at doing personality work, they're not using MBTI, or they're not using DISC, they're using the five factor model. So anyway, this is all brand new to me. i you know <laughs> been in the business doing leadership training and stuff for a long time, and just discovered all this myself in the last year. Hey, before I take a reader question, I do want to do another call to action for you, which is, check out leadx.org because every day we're putting up a new free training program it's either a training program led by me a training program led by another professional it is a webinar jam packed with information from one of our guests that we've had on you know one of our gurus imagine if you could go also to a place where you could get 100 executive book summaries. Imagine if you could learn how to free up an extra hour of your day to read or to work out or to hang out with your family. Imagine if you could win a best place to work award because you've learned from me how to trigger massive employee engagement. Imagine if you could ask an executive coach or me any question about your own leadership situation, like, I don't know, how to handle a toxic employee. And imagine if you could do all of these things for seven bucks that is not a typo (laughs) can you have what do you call it um i don't know verbal faux pas i don't know it is not a typo because we're officially still in pre-launch mode the lead x academy gives you access to all of this stuff on demand for seven bucks it's like mind-blowing value compared to you know the lynda.coms the Skillsofts, all that other stuff that's out there and we're releasing more stuff every single month. So check out the Leadex Academy at leadex.org. So my friend, I wrote about him in um, another one of my books, text me, snap me, ask me anything. Tim Pangburn, a great tattoo artist out of Philadelphia. In fact, he, was, he had a reality TV show at one point. He's like one of the top cover-up tattoo guys on the planet. So if you've got bad ink in the past and you want to cover it up, you know, connect with Tim Pangburn, take a, you know, trip to Philadelphia, and he's your guy. I don't have a tattoo myself. I'm not into that world. Uh, in fact, if, you know, Tim and I were having coffee in a Starbucks or somewhere, this is a while ago, and we probably made quite a couple because, you know, he looks like a tattoo artist. I look like me. You know, it's kind of like the odd odd couple. Anyway, Tim's got a speech coming up, and he was just saying, hey, give me some advice. Give me some quick tips. And when it comes to public speaking, like there's so much and I've been learning for decades, you know, I've spent thousands of dollars on speaking coaches and gurus and experts and gone to programs and read 20 books on it. It's hard to boil it down. But off the top of my mind, you know, here's what I told Tim. First of all, it's common. A lot of people feel nervous, you know, public speaking. People say I'd rather die than speak or some stupid stuff like that. Here's the deal like it gets easier with experience you know it's kind of like behavior therapy um, but you do have the power to make that bad feeling disappear with this mantra it's hard to feel nervous if your heart is on service it's hard to feel nervous if your heart is on service or even more you know dramatic you can't feel nervous if your heart is on service. And what this means to me, and this really changed my world. Like I said, so on Friday, I was speaking to a thousand people. It felt no different than if I was speaking to 10 people. Partly because in the spotlights, you can only see the front row. But (laughs) the real reason is because, you know, if you are nervous, think about you're getting ready to go give your speech. What are you nervous about? Most people, it's like, what if I forget my lines? What if I mess up? What if I have too many ums and ahs? What if I embarrass myself? What if somebody asks me a question? I don't know the answer. What if I fall down on stage? All of those what ifs, that's your ego. So all of those things are about you. What if I? I will be embarrassed. I will hurt my reputation. I just don't want to make a fool out of myself. I don't want to, you know, it's all, those are all I, all ego Questions And we all have an ego like that is natural. But, you know, that comes from our deep place of needing external validation for our own self-worth. When all of a sudden you realize, and this is true, like I take that stage and my whole purpose for that hour or whatever it is, is to help, is to serve, to try to provide value to others. And I don't for a second think I'm going to change the lives of 1000 people in that room. It ain't gonna happen. But if I can help just one person in that audience of 10 or 100 or 1,000 or 10,000, then that hour, then I, I won, it was a success, it was fine. I take the stage and I'm just trying to help one person out there. And so when you think about it like that, you're putting your focus on other people, the audience. You know, It's all about them, it's not about you. You can't feel nervous if your heart is on service. So that's the big thing about like stage fright or whatever it is. The other practical tips I have, you will like be in the top 10% of speakers, probably the top 5% if you just change the way you open. And I saw it like all the other guest speakers this um, past Friday, like these are very successful people and they take the stage and it's like hey, thanks for coming or thanks for inviting me. You know, it's it's a thank you. I want to thank, you know, the organizer for having me here. And then usually there's like some quip, like an icebreaker, like, oh, well, I know I'm between you and lunch. I hate to get between you and lunch, so I'll try to be quick. Or, oh, wow, I'm the first speaker after lunch. I hope you don't fall asleep, uh, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's horrible. You need to, <laughs> you need to, Start The very first thing you say has to be a bold statement that captures attention so people are not zoning out and looking at their cell phones right away. Like you can not if you want to thank people, do it at the end of your talk, not the beginning. So there's different ways to do it. You know, you can say something that's, you know, just contrarian statement that they're shocked to hear. It could be an open ended question. I like that a lot. I like to use curiosity building big bold promise so you know i might take the stage and say imagine if you could cast a magic spell and instantly all of your team members they came in a little earlier they stayed a little later they worked a little faster they made fewer mistakes and they think you're the best boss they ever had well in the next hour i'm going to teach you exactly how to cast that magic spell or i would come out and say Imagine if you could actually double your productivity. Imagine if you could have an entire hour of free time for yourself at the end of every day. Sound impossible? Well, keep an open mind, because over the next hour, I'm gonna show you exactly how you can do those things. So now people are like, okay, this guy just said something crazy, but he's saying I'm gonna learn how to do it, and he comes here with a lot of credibility that we just heard in his intro. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna get ready to take some notes. So just open bold. And then on your close, like how do you close a speech? You know, I think the first sentence or two that you open with is um, critical, and I think the last couple of sentences are critical. And you need to think about what is the emotion I want people to leave with. So, you know, if, if you're a motivational type speaker and it's a sales meeting, you know, maybe it's the emotion, like I am charged up to go crush my goals. Like that's the emotion you want them to go away with. Um, you know, for me, like with my time management stuff, I want people to feel like to actually feel in their bones or in their body. Like time is our most valuable asset and every minute counts. Like I am going to so value that minute, you know, looking into my kids faces when I get home or I am no longer going to waste these minutes of my life. Like I'm disgusted with how sloppy I've been with my time and I'm I'm moved by just how valuable time is. So think about like what is the emotion you want to leave people with and then craft the words and the delivery of your last two sentences to give that. So if you want people to feel up, you know, you need to be fast and loud and up if you want people to walk away like more you know contemplative or introspective then you're going to slow down your pace and you're going to like soften your speech you're going to bring the tone down so you know open bold and certainly not with a thank you and close guiding people to an emotion that they're going to feel remember it's like I'm not going to remember what you say, but I'm going to remember how you made me feel. So, your last couple sentences, how you want them to feel at the end of your talk. And then the other thing is um, don't memorize your speech. I memorize my opening and my close. uh, And because I've done the same talk a hundred times, like (laughs) I will be word for word on a lot of my stories and things. But in general, like I use my slides just to kind of trigger the key point. Gone are the days where people are impressed with those motivational speakers that have memorized their speech and they come onto the stage like they're on a Broadway, you know, the lead actor in a Broadway play, uh, delivering their lines and emoting every line just the right way, like, that's fake. These days people say like, okay, that's rehearsed, that's fake, you're gonna say the same thing, you know, whether we're here or not, you know, no matter what our problem is, no matter what we truly need today, you're gonna just spit out the same damn thing. Don't do that, like just be yourself. And if yourself is ums and ahs and stutters or pausing or saying, I need a moment to gather my thoughts for the next segment, say it. Like people respect authenticity. Authenticity leads to trust. We're in a low trust environment these days. Authenticity brings trust. So don't memorize your speech, just be yourself. Boy, it's a good thing. This is the rant show because I feel like I just went on for like 30 minutes about answering Tim's question. Sorry, Tim. (laughs) Anyway, that's all I have. I'm going to leave you with this. Remember, I am on a 10 year mission to spark 100 million intentional leaders. Clearly, I can't do that all alone. I need your help. Please tell your managers, tell your CEO, tell whoever about the LeadX Leadership Show, this podcast, the LeadX Academy, and the free training at leadx.org. Every single day, there's free resources. You don't need People don't need to log in. If you have internet access, I want you to become a great leader. I want you to be better at work. If you've got a smartphone on the other side of the world from Philadelphia, PA, check in once a day and you're gonna get world-class training, no cost to you. And remember, Ken Blanchard says it, John Maxwell says it, Leadership is influence. Boil down any definition of leadership and it comes down to influence, which means you're leading all of the time because you are influencing all of the time. You are influencing with your words, but you're also influencing the debate when you choose to stay silent. You know, you're influencing whether you want to or not. You lead at home, at work, you lead your family, you lead strangers around you who are watching and paying attention, and they are. Leadership is influence. Be mindful of your influence. Be intentional with your influence. How are you going to lead today?